welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Today's show um, is extremely important. It's called How to Defeat the Globalist Elites and Survive with Liberty Intact. Now, I know that that's quite a mouthful. And, um, and I know that for a lot of people, words like globalist elites, you know, their eyes glaze over because it's often, it's really a, a concept that a lot of people find hard to get their head around. So, today, my guest is going to help you all with that. Um, I help us all, but certainly I can learn a lot more as well. Um, but this is, this is so, uh, so important, because if you've been thinking that there's a secret plan afoot by some people in power who are hiding in darkness to manipulate society in order to steal our riches and create a subservient population that would be us, you're right. Some people call them the globalist elites. Some people call them the World Economic Forum. There are other names. You could call them evildoers. Uh, Today's guest knows all about them. He's been fighting the good fight against them, trying to save our freedom, our liberty. And he is really... um, not someone who just wants to talk about these kinds of things theoretically, but wants to give people tools, things that they can do. We need, we all, that we all need to fight back. Now, um, his name is Brandon Smith. He's the founder of a, a concept or an organization called Alt Market, as in alternate market. He produces and writes a newsletter um, that that deals with all of the most important subjects that we are facing today that are, you know, turning our world upside down from what's happening with money to what's happening with guns being taken away to what's happening with kids being uh, receiving propaganda and being turned trans before they even understand what that means. And his newsletter is called The Wild Bunch Dispatch. So at the end of the show, I'll give you all the information for how to reach um, his website and how to to subscribe to this newsletter as well. But first, I know we have to start with what is, who are these people who are stealing our world and um, what are they doing and then what to do uh, to fight back. So Brandon, welcome to the show. Uh, Hi, thanks for having me. You're very welcome. So... Let's start with, um, you know, I, I mean, I'm sure you have found this, or I think you would have found this, that when you start talking about things like World Economic Forum or global elites and that kind of thing, that um, do you get that reaction that if you're talking in person, that uh, you get the impression that the person's eyes are glazing over, that they don't really know what that is, even though they may have heard it before, and uh, it just seems like too big to try to get one's head around. So why don't we start with that? Tell us who these people are. Well, I I mean, I think I got that reaction a lot more, you know, when I started back in 2006, uh, which is a while ago now. Um, Yeah, I got that reaction, uh, I would say, at least half the time from people uh, when you bring up the issue of, you know, globalists and globalism. Uh, you know, back then, the, the terminology for what they were trying to do, you know, the, their, in their words, was the new world order. That's the, the phrase they would use constant, constantly was the new world order. And, yeah, people would kind of roll their eyes at that a little bit. It was almost, it almost kind of became a meme to people, uh, maybe a joke. Um, but mm-hmm. nowadays, I don't get that reaction nowhere near as much, and I think that's because the agenda has become very openly uh, admitted to, especially since the uh, COVID, you know, the COVID lockdowns and the government reaction 
to COVID, the attempts at uh, basically medical tyranny, vaccine passports, that sort of thing, that really, I think, woke a lot of people up. And now what we're seeing is we're seeing certain globalists come out and just kind of openly admit you have uh, Klaus Schwab from the World Economic Forum. uh, Basically, he can't keep his big mouth shut. He's so excited about the Great Reset. Mm And his fourth industrial revolution uh, program, he, he he just can't shut up about it. So now, you know, he has this large portion of the population, large portion of the public, that is becoming very aware of the, you know, the conspiracy. And I've always said it's not really so much a, a conspiracy in the shadows. It's, it's more of a, a, cons- a conspiracy hidden in plain sight because... If you look in the right places, uh, you look at globalist white papers, you look at the activities of the World Economic Forum or the IMF or World Bank or the Bank for International Settlements, they openly talk about this stuff all the time, what their plans are. So it's not, it's not so much hidden as long as you know where to look. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yes, it's a good point. Um, what do you think is making, well, of course I want you to talk about what, what they're planning, but what do you think is making them so brazen um, that they are having it come out a little more out of the shadows? My working theory is that the globalists are basically a cult of narcissists. <laughs> so, um, that's... That's my working theory. They're a cult, an organized cult of narcissists, and these sorts of things have existed in the past. You know, you you have something like the the mob, or you have uh, cartels, or um, you know, even uh, in history, you had certain elements of like royalty that would organize and do evil things, and and a lot of them were narcissists or or you know, nar- narcissistic sociopaths and narcopaths. And uh, I, this this is what I think the globalists are. So, uh, you know, if you understand the behaviors of narcissists. Uh, or narcopaths, then you you could probably easily understand why the globalists do some of the things that they do. And one of the the hallmarks of uh, narcissists is that they will often um, brag about uh, the evil things they do when they think that there's nothing that uh, their victims can do about it. <laughs> so, right, so, right. So, uh, yeah, yeah. That, so that's the thing. So they're thinking. I mean that's I mean that's the scary part that they've gotten so brazen because they are thinking that even if we all figure it out or you know or they're really obvious about it and so on um, like the Great Reset and all these little terms um, that there's not going to be anything we can do about it. Right, and this is something that um, you know it is definitely it's frightening to people because yes that's that is their mentality they think that they've gotten their agenda to the point where there's nothing that, that anyone can do about it. Uh, it's going to happen regardless. Uh, in their minds, they think that that's how things are going to go. Luckily, one of the great weaknesses of narcopaths is that they tend to be arrogant, and they will uh, assume that they've already accomplished things that they have not actually accomplished yet. So, mm. so it's to our advantage, actually, that they're, they keep bragging about this stuff in the open because all they're doing is they're generating more and more resistance from the public uh, because they have made the false assumption that they're going to win no matter what. And my, I believe that they will lose eventually. They will lose. Okay. Well, let's, um, let's talk about some of the things that they are doing. I mean, you know, I think one of the, going back for a second, one of the reasons why I think people's eyes glaze over or glazed over um, or even now why it's hard for people to talk about it is because um, some of it is denial. It's so horrible that we don't want to think that something, that we don't want to believe it or the possibility of what they're planning. And so, um, so we just go into denial and, and um, pretend that this is just the stuff that science fiction is made out of. Yeah, and this is why I, I use the, the the narcissist or narcopath comparison often be, with people because everyone has, I think almost everyone has dealt with one of these people at least in their lives 
at least once. <laughs> so they know yeah. they've seen this behavior before. They've seen how these people act. Now, all you have to do is imagine that person that you dealt with in your life, but there's a whole organization of them, <laughs> right? They, there's a whole mm-hmm. big group of them. Now, it, so just multiply their behavior times 100 or 1,000. Um, put them in a, you know, imagine the, that person that you made your life miserable in a position of political power or uh, economic power. Imagine those people in those positions. And then it's very easy to then wrap your head around the idea of the, the kinds of evil that these people are, are capable of. And, and so the, the denial, I think, is um, a lot of people just, they can't see themselves doing those things. So why would anybody else do them? But you have to understand mm-hmm. that these are not human beings like you and I. These are people without empathy or souls or whatever you want to call it. But they don't have the same human characteristics that you and I do. Uh, that's how you come to understand the, the evil that they're capable of. And, you, you know, you don't need to be in denial about it anymore. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yes, it's, I, I like the way that you're that you're breaking it down. It it does make it easier to um you know, to to uh, start to get one's head around it. Um one of the things uh how did all these people, these 100 or 1000 people um of like psychology, like minds, uh how did they get together? And um, form this, like how you know. Let's say there were there were all these people in their own little corners, and how did they um, open themselves up to telling other people what they had in mind, or you know, how did the whole cabal come together? I mean, there's a lot of theories about that. There's um, theories that it goes back to the 1700s and Adam Weishaupt and the, the, the Illuminati or whatever you want to call it. Um, I think it goes back further than that, back to monarchies and royalty and, and um, the way that they, those types of people could maintain uh, power without being visible because, uh, you know, you had uh, multiple revolutions where, uh, you know, the concept of monarchy was dying, the concept of bloodlines and all that stuff was dying out. Um, and so they had to find a way to maintain power without being overt. They had to kind of go covert. So, you know, they started, um, you know, insinuating themselves into banking systems and economics and the corporate world. And that's how they started to maintain power through, through money and through money creation. That was their, their main tools. Uh, you know, there's, I, I think that what they do is they operate kind of like a cult and they look for people who have similar character traits as they do, and they try to expand their numbers by looking for other other narcissists, other other narcopaths to expand their numbers over time and uh, induct those people into the cult. I, I even wrote an article not long ago about um, was it the Osho the Osho cult in uh, Oregon uh, in the eighties um, and how they operated, and I sort of made comparisons to uh, the political left today and globalism today to how that cult operated. They they went into, they moved into Oregon, they took over a whole town, they used a lot of dirty tricks and, and even some terrorism to try to take over. They wanted to take over Oregon, <laughs> then they wanted to take over America. There was, there was all this whole agenda. Um, and uh, so I think the globalists really function kind of like a cult. Uh-huh, uh-huh. All right. Um Let's see. Where, so why don't we start with? I mean, I know I've I've been you know reading your your website, and you give some examples of different different ways or different um, aspects of what they're trying to do. From as I was mentioning at the beginning, money to um, uh, to taking guns away to making kids trans to you know all of these things, which yes are very much like. <laughs> The left agenda. Um, I mean, are, are you? Do you think that is that one and the same? How do you? How does the left um, relate to 
to the world, the globalists? I think, I think that they're becoming the same thing. I think that the political left is moving so far left and is being pushed by their, their gatekeepers so far left that they're uh, basically they're adopting all the tenets of uh, Marxism and communism. Uh, they're adopting all the tenets of, of the globalists, which were used to be sort of obscure, but now they're becoming more mainstream. So you have uh, things like the concept of population control. Uh, that's, that's a big one that the globalists didn't want to talk about too much in the open. Um, but now you, you have these people on the political left who are really big proponents of, of reducing the human population. They see animals as more, more important than people. Uh, you know, they're, <laughs> they're sort of, they're, the left is slowly kind of losing their minds and, and going into a sort of an upside-down world where everything is in reversion. And that's exactly, I think, what the globalists want. And uh, the political left is, uh, you know, they're easily manipulated because it's, they're made up generally of people who are not leaders, they're followers. They're, they, they don't think for themselves that much. They're looking for safety and protection from the collective. And so they tend to follow whatever the gatekeepers of the, the collective say. And uh, I think that, you know, one of the primary goals of the globalists is to turn, turn our culture upside down, uh, put, put it into reversion, make it chaotic and crazy so that people will, you know, in the chaos, they'll beg for a solution. They'll beg for anyone to try to, to, to fix it. And, of course, the globalists will be there waiting to, to, to swoop in and say, we have the solution. Mm-hmm. Here's, the, here's the way to fix this. Here's the way to fix all this chaos. And, it, and the answer will, of course, be more, more power for them. Uh-huh, uh-huh, yes. Well, you know, um, we're going to be taking a break um, in a minute or so, so why don't we do it now before you get into um, start another paragraph? <laughs> um, because this is all very important. And so when we come back, um, we'll, why don't we, I think um, just going by your, by your website, it seems like um, a good place to start in terms of the various things that they are turning upside down um, is the money system. So when we come back, we will start with that. My guest is Brandon Smith. He's the founder of Alt Mark, Alt Market, and you will hear all about that later on in the show. So thank you for listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and stay tuned. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. 
If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I want to get right back to my guest, Brandon Smith, who is um, opening people's eyes and has been now for a number of years uh, to what is going on. The, that, um, in fact, it isn't just random things upside down. Um, there is this, this um, plot afoot um, of the globalist elites, and... Um, and we're seeing, I think each of us may be seeing little pieces of it here and there. And so he is going to be putting, putting it all together for us. He is put, he's already started putting it all together for us. So why don't we um, start with money, since, as you mentioned, that was the cornerstone of um, where this group of people were, you know, how they were um, starting particularly to to make these changes, because how that really is, is the power, the money. Yes. Well, I mean, uh, the, I think one of the, the primary uh, weapons that the globalists have in changing society is the fact that they control all the money. <laughs> they control, in almost every country in the world, there is a central bank, and, uh, in, and every central bank uh, is part of an organization called the Bank for International Settlements, which is often referred to as the Central Bank of Central Banks. Um, mm-hmm. The BIS, they write all policy for every, uh, every member central bank. So the Federal Reserve in the United States, they basically answer to the BIS. They, they go to the BIS, they get their marching orders, they come back, they, they do what they're told. So this is why you will often see central banks around the world, uh, their policies almost act perfectly in unison with each other. Uh, this, this might seem odd to people if they, if they think that, well, that each country has their own interests. Uh, Japan has its own interests. China has its own interests. The U.S. has its own interests. So they would maybe be acting against each other at times. This doesn't ever happen. They're almost always working simultaneously with each other. Uh, every central bank operates on similar policies. And this is because they're all tied together by one, one institution, and that's the, the BIS, and also in part by the IMF, the International Monetary Fund. Uh, so you have the globalists controlling these central banks, and at any moment they can scientifically engineer a, an economic crisis. It's very easy to do. Uh, for example, the Federal Reserve right now, uh, they have the option to hike interest rates uh, very high into economic weakness. Uh, and that seems to be exactly what they're doing. They just um, recently hiked rates, the highest hike, rate hike in 28 years, just the other day. Um, but they can also print money, uh, you know, they can print money and inflate a currency basically into oblivion, which is what they've kind of been doing with the U.S. dollar. So you see inflation in prices across the board in the U.S. That's not an accident. The Fed has done this. They've done it deliberately uh, in order to create, you know, at least in my opinion, in order to create an inflationary crisis. And when you have economic crisis, that uh, is a tool that that can be used to force the public to accept certain concessions. They can force people to give up uh, a certain standard of living. They can force people to accept uh, more tyranny and less freedom uh, in exchange for safety and stability. That's, at least that would be their goal. I think millions and millions of people will refuse that, you know, refuse to go along with that. But this is their, this is their goal, to create enough chaos to where, at least economically, to drive people to accept uh, certain concessions in terms of freedom. So that's kind of where we're at right now. And if you want uh, perfect evidence uh, that this is uh, an agenda and not just random, just look. go to the World Economic Forum, go to their website, and look up all their information on something called the Great Reset. This is uh, an openly admitted agenda. Uh, there, are, there are a lot of parts to the agenda, but one of the biggest parts of the Great Reset is something called the Fourth Industrial Revolution, which uh, Klaus Schwab is a, uh, a huge proponent of. 
and it requires uh, a lot of first world nations, including the United States, to be brought down several pegs economically in order to uh, join with this homogenous sort of global system. They want a one-world economy, a one-world currency, and I think eventually a a one-world government. But they have to bring down a lot of the uh, uh, richer countries. They have to bring us down a few pegs in order to get us to go along with that. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I guess the euro, would you say that that was part of this, you know, getting getting the European countries to uh, go along with the euro? I think the euro was an experiment in, yes, in a, in a collective, like a one uh, supranational currency. Yeah, the, the euro would be an example of that. The euro is only like a, me, a median step, like a middle step towards what they really want, which is a global currency. But yeah, that's getting multiple nations to accept a single currency. That's definitely a sort of a beta test for what they want in the future. Okay. So, and, and part of this, um, the effect of, the, of inflation and so on, or, and other things that they're doing to, let's just say, the economy in America, um, is so that if we can't afford which, you know, we're, we're kind of getting there now, not being able to afford the basics and gas and all of that, that people will be more willing to be, go on the dole from the government, be dependent upon the government for money. Exactly. That's one of the stages in this process would be, you know, you bring in enough inflation to where people can't afford to live on their normal salaries, at least most people. There will be, a, you know, a contingent, you know, 1% to 2% of people who can still, you know, live normally. But everybody else will need some kind of help. And uh, the next stage, and this is part of the, the Great Reset uh, agenda, the next stage would be something called UBI, or, or Universal Basic Income. This would be uh, governments creating money from thin air to uh, give everybody uh, a check. Maybe once a month you get some kind of check, your UBI check from the government, and that's going to help you deal with the inflation problem. You know, uh, the the problem with that is people will start to become dependent on those government checks just to get by uh, in you know in everyday life. Uh, we, we saw this, we saw maybe a test of this during the COVID lockdowns where you had the COVID checks for people. I mean, the lockdowns were completely unnecessary, uh, you know, but it created a situation where people, you know, might not be able to go to their jobs because the business was shut down. Um, and in the process, they created these COVID checks in order to, uh, keep people afloat, but th- this is sort of a, mm-hmm. it's a Trojan horse. It's a Trojan horse. You you get lured into oh, uh, free money. That's nice. Uh, now I can get by where I couldn't before. Mm-hmm. Um, but those that free money from the government that can always be taken away, right? Mm-hmm. So if you ever say the wrong thing on social media, you say you're on Facebook or Twitter or whatever, you say the wrong thing about the government, you have the wrong attitude, uh, you say something they don't like, or you do something they don't like, they can always just shut that uh, UBI check off. They can shut it off and uh, make sure that you can't survive. Um, that's how. That's where the control comes from, and that's why UBI is so dangerous. Uh, another um, sort of tool that they will eventually try to use, I believe, is rationing. So we have a lot of not just inflation, but we have supply chain problems right now. And I believe mm. they will try to use that as an excuse to institute uh, rationing protocols. And they've done this before in history. And I think in during World War II, maybe 1917, they instituted something called the Lever Act, which was a way for the government to control distribution of, of goods, especially like necessities like food. And uh, they even uh, had um, uh, no meat. They had like no meat Mondays and no meat uh, Fridays or something like that where they tell people don't, don't eat meat on these days, uh, don't use these particular goods on these days. And uh, in the U.K., 
they had ration cards where you would have uh, you would get a card per one card per month and the the ration card would allow you to buy cert- a certain amount of things on on the list on your list um, but you could not buy beyond that so it wasn't even the government giving you uh, you know food stamps or something to 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 buy what you needed it was the government telling you what you were allowed to buy for the month mm. and mm. if your ration card was full then you couldn't you couldn't buy any more of those things and this is another means of controlling the population because if you can put the population on rations, then they can't store goods. They can't store goods for later. Uh, and if they mm. can't store goods for later, they can't rebel. They're always constantly needing something from the government <laughs> in order to mm. survive. So they're much less likely to fight back. Um, the, the final thing I think they will do is, is price controls. Uh, price controls is a way for the government to come into, say, a particular industry like farming. And they will tell the farmers and the distributors of the, the produce or the, the meat or whatever, they'll say, um, you can only sell the, your goods for this amount of money. Uh, you know, we have inflation right now. We need to control inflation. We're putting a price cap on what you can sell your goods for. And... Uh, once that happens, basically there's no longer any price incentive for those producers and distributors to make the things they make. Uh, so a lot mm. of them will, will shut down. They'll shut down. They'll stop producing their carrots and their uh, onions and their beef. They'll stop producing all that stuff. And then the supply chain breaks down even further because we have even less supply to go around. And then the prices skyrocket on the black market. So uh, this is another way for governments to kind of create uh, more panic, more chaos in order to get more uh, control over the population, to get the population to ask for solutions. And the solution is always more power for government or more power for uh, the banks and corporations generally. Hmm. Hmm. You know, um, I'm sure people are thinking, this just sounds like um, like a science fiction movie. I mean, you know, part of the problem with, um, I think one of the ways that this has been able to get as far as it has is that we're not teaching uh, real history in schools. You know, people don't understand um, some of the things that happened in the past. And I think this sounds like we're talking about um, some kind of... Um, science fiction story or another planet or something like how could this happen in America and um, it's I think that's one of the reasons why it's so hard to get people to act what do you think I mean I would tell people just look at what happened the past two years with the the COVID lockdowns and the uh, the attempt at the vaccine passports and the supply chain issues I mean we've already se- we've just seen this we've just seen this over the past couple of years, it's, you know, just imagine that uh, times 100, <laughs> you know, it's, it's not that it's not really that hard to uh, wrap your head around if you've already lived through, uh, uh, you know, at least a, a chunk of it uh, recently. I mean, I think if any, I mean, people who can't um, accept the possibility at this point, I would say that there's, I don't know if there's any help for them. Because they just saw it, <laughs> you know. There's no, I can't. I can't help you. You're you're willfully ignorant. I can't. I can't help you. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, we just saw it. We've just seen it. It's just that uh, you know maybe people at this point think that the it's over with that it's just going to go away. But I'm here to yeah. tell you it's it is not going away. Um, we might. I think we've seen uh, mostly a failure in terms of the COVID agenda because they didn't get the vax passports like they wanted. Uh, I think that was mm-hmm. a huge thing. And that if, um, you know, if there's a lot of conservative states that if they had not fought back against this, it, you know, you had 23 states, I believe, fight back against the federal implementation of vax passports. If you had not mm-hmm. had that happen, we would be under medical tyranny right now. Because if you uh, refuse to get a vaccine, not just a vaccine, but every single booster shot that they ordered you to get, 
you could be removed from the economy. They could block you from everything. That was what they wanted. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. You would not get a vaccine passport unless you went along with everything they said, uh, Mm. thus removing you completely from the economy. That is medical tyranny. Uh, We almost got there. We we were almost there. And it's, it's luckily you had at least 23 states in the U.S. fight back against that. And I think that inspired... Uh, uh, a bit of uh, rebellion in other countries as, as well as we saw with like the Can- Canadian mm-hmm. truckers and some parts of Europe. Uh, I think that the globalists saw that there was much more resistance to the, the agenda than they had uh, imagined initially mm-hmm. or had predicted. So they have backed off. You notice how quickly they backed off of the vaccine passport thing. It just yes. it almost disappeared from the news in the span of a, a week. It was gone. Um, they just gave up. So now I think we're looking at a different, they're, they're going on to plan B, which is more on the economic crash side of things. I think that that's what they're trying to do now. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, well, you know, um, we're, we're going to be needing to take another break, but when we come back, um, I, because I know that this is uh, the thing that's most important to you and really it should be most important to all of us is how, I mean, because you talk about how it's one thing to hear about all the horrible things that, are, that could be coming down the pike that are planned in any case, but um, the only way to stop these things from happening is to be able to fight back. And um, so when we come back, uh, I'd like you to tell people about that, all the different ways that you are recommending that we fight back against this. Um, I mean, I've fought back against the vaccines. I did a lot of interviews about why you shouldn't get the vaccine and so on, and I haven't gotten the vaccine myself. I refuse. Um, and and more people needed, I mean, fortunately, it, the Supreme Court, at least, went along with not having it be mandatory um, by the to the extent that Biden wanted, but but now that we have a new a new justice on the Supreme Court, you know I don't think that was a, a coincidence either. Well, let's why don't we take a, a break and um, we'll be come back. My guest Brandon Smith, who's the founder of Alt Market, um, will tell us what we should all be doing. So stay tuned. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Tune into the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. We're talking today uh, with Brandon Smith, who is the founder of Alt Market, A-L-T-Market. Um, 
we're talking the the title of today's show is how to defeat the globalist elites and survive with liberty intact and we're going to um get to that now but first um i asked brandon if he would just give us an example a taste of just how bad things are going to get if we don't do something to stop it so go ahead well, I, yeah, I think probably the uh, there's a concept in the uh, in the Great Reset Agenda and um, within the the World Economic Forum that they've been passing around quite a bit the past few years, and it's called the shared economy or the sharing economy. And uh, basically, if you look this up and you look up look at their white papers and their descriptions of what what is the sharing economy or the shared economy. Uh, it reads um, a lot like what you were saying, like a science fiction novel. It's, uh, you know, a dystopian world where um, what you basically, you own nothing. That's, that's sort of their mantra. And if you, there's a, even a Forbes article that the WF wrote uh, maybe a year or two years ago uh, called um, You Will Own Nothing and uh, basically you will own nothing and you will be happy about it. <laughs> is there is the mantra for the shared economy. You, you will own nothing. There will be private property will no longer exist. And mm-hmm. the system that they describe in these white papers and in, in these articles is uh, sort of a, a collectivist, it's almost like a collectivist commune. Everyone will live in a, a collectivist commune uh, there, you might be lucky enough to have your own little apartment or something like that, but you will, there will be a lot of shared elements to, uh, that, that, uh, housing system that you live in. Uh, you won't have your own dishes, you won't have your own silverware, you won't have your own TV, that everything will be sort of shared. There will be, a community room that you go and you use the kitchen, uh, you you maybe you will get to have a a little computer like a laptop or something like that you will not be allowed to have a car uh you you're you will rent a car or you there will be a car that people use or there will be a mass transit system uh you won't be able to have your own transportation and if there's an item that you need to use that you that you need to use and you don't have it you would you would rent that item from some kind of central distributor and then you would use the item and then you would give it back to the (laughs) central distributor so and the reasoning behind this this sort of uh world that they that they're trying to create um that or the the excuse that they give for it why we need it is of course you know global warming uh there's too much carbon emissions yet you know um we're killing the planet, therefore we have to greatly reduce our standard of living and get rid of private property in order to save the planet. Now, I don't want to get too much into the global warming stuff, but I can tell you, you know, definitely from my research, it's complete nonsense. Um, even the, the NOAA and NASA admit that the, global, the average global temperature has only gone up one degree Celsius in the past century. That's one degree. So we're mm. supposed to be flipping out about mm. one degree Celsius in, a, in the past century. And if you look at the history of uh, warming periods in, in the Earth's history, uh, you, you know, it's, um, our temperatures today are nothing compared to what they've been in the past. So it's, mm-hmm. it's, the whole global warming thing is complete nonsense. It's just a, a, a vehicle for getting us to accept uh, extreme communism, basically. Uh, mm-hmm. And this is the world that they want. They want population control. Uh, they will tell you if you're allowed to have a child or not, um, because your chi- a new child every new child is more carbon in the uh, atmosphere. Uh, they will tell you mm-hmm. if you're allowed to have a business or not. Uh, if you're allowed to have any kind of industrial production, because again that's more carbon in the atmosphere, and they don't you know that's evil, bad. You're going to kill the earth. Um, this is the future that they want, where you're, you're living in a dystopian sort of commune uh, where you own nothing, um, you're dependent on government, uh, based, you know, universal basic income, uh, you will probably be a slave, so you'll have to do certain jobs uh, in order to get that, that UBI, that universal basic income. Uh, it's, it's a nightmare world, but this is what they want for the future. They, they openly admit that this is what they want. Okay. 
Yes. I mean, you know, it seems like uh, <laughs> suicide is better than, than living in a, in a situation like that. And I certainly don't want to advocate suicide, but I mean, it just seems like it's, it's hard to imagine living under that much control. Okay, so tell us what we should do about it. Right. Well, I mean, um, the, I think at this stage in history, we are sitting at a crossroads. Uh, we're sitting at a, a sort of nexus point in terms of human civilization. And there have been a few of these in the past, and I think this one is possibly the most important that um, humanity has ever seen. Uh, what we do now, what, what those of us who are aware do now, could decide the future of humanity for a thousand years or more to come. Uh, mm-hmm. And that requires us to do the exact opposite of whatever the globalists suggest. <laughs> so this is the, the easiest mm-hmm. way I can explain it. Just whatever they tell you needs to be done, do the exact opposite, and you're probably on the right track. So if they want you to be, to be more dependent on UBI, universal basic income, then do the opposite. Become independent and start growing your own food and producing things for yourself. All right? Now, that might seem like, well, you know, by yourself doing that, what difference is that going to make? But you have to think of it in terms of mass effect. So you do it, it's just a very small difference. But if uh, thousands of people do it, that's a much bigger difference. If millions of people do it, then you start to change the, the course of the world. So it's, you know, don't look at it in terms of we need a, a national organization for uh, growing food in, in a garden. We, you don't need to necessarily have that. You just do it. Um, and you try to convince as many people around you that you know uh, to do it. Um, if the globalists want you to be isolated uh, from you, you, your neighbors or your friends or your family, they want you sort of alone and, and, and that makes you more dependent, then start to organize. Organize your, organize your neighborhood. Organize your community. Uh, there's a lot of ways that you can do that. You can set up, um, uh, you know, you can start producing goods. You can set up barter markets. Um, you can organize neighborhood watches. Uh, start organizing with the, the people around you who are at least kind of on the same page. Um, they don't have to be. They don't have to think exactly like you or have the same amount of knowledge as you. But just try to get them on the same page somewhere in terms of organizing. Uh, there's a, in terms of say gun rights. Uh, if if the government says uh, we want to disarm you then um, arm yourself even more and uh, convince the, your friends and family to arm up as well and to stock ammunition and stock body armor, things that they don't want you to have, go and get all those things <laughs> because there's a reason they don't want you to have them. There's something's going to happen in the future uh, that is very bad and they want to make sure you can't defend yourself. So make sure you can defend yourself. Um, and ultimately I think what will happen is that all of this is leading up to to rebellion, rebellion against the, the reset agenda. Uh, but in order to do that, you have to be as independent as possible. You have to be able to provide some necessities for yourself. You have to have community. You have to be organized with other people in order to weather the economic storm and be ready to defend yourself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, I used to be very much against guns and um, in terms of like, uh, especially, you know, well, I st- I'm still against giving toy guns to kids, but, I'm, but ever since, um, you know, and I was kind of in general not, not in favor of guns until Obama became president, at which time it became clear to me that, yes, indeed, we could have a president of the United States who doesn't have the welfare of Americans at heart, and we would need to um, be armed, be able to fight back. And certainly it's gone, um, other than Trump, we had a reprieve, you know, where we didn't have to be worried about that, but then it's gone now gone downhill even since Obama. So, um, so yes, we can't be in this sort of... Um, uh, take things for granted, be in a kind of blissful state, you know, uh, ha- thinking that we can, will keep our freedoms forever. We don't have to do anything more to protect them. 
Yes, and, you know, I think... There are people out there who will also say that, well, what, you know, what is your little AR-15 going to do against uh, an F-18 fighter jet or a, a tank or whatever? And I, you know, I tell those people, well, number one, it acts as a, it's not necessarily about revolution. It's also about deterrence. So if the population is armed, then a potentially tyrannical government does not know exactly what will happen uh, if they try to take over. They don't know uh, if they will be able to. They, they might have, statistically, they might decide, well, there's a good chance if, if we do this that we'll be able to win. But they don't know for sure. They might lose, and it would end up very badly for them. But if they disarm the population, then it's, it's 100% chance of success for them. So that's why mm-hmm. they, they seek out uh, disarmament. That's why they seek out confiscation. That's why they seek out red flag gun laws, which allow them to just, you know, take a person's guns away without due process. Um, so they need to disarm the population in, in order to get that 100% predictability of success. Uh, second, the second thing I would tell those people is, well, you know, look at Afghanistan. <laughs> that did not go very well. You know, we have the most modern military in the world trying to take over a very relatively small country. Uh, it did not go very well for them, um, and that's, they were fighting against a bunch of Taliban with 30-, 40-year-old AK-47s. So mm-hmm. it's, it's not as if, um, you know, technology is not a guarantee of, of victory ever, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. when you're dealing with people who are fighting using guerrilla tactics and that sort of thing. So, uh, again, that there, there's a reason why they want to take the guns away, and that's because yes. they're not sure that they could win if there was a rebellion. So Yes, yes. Well, um, this is all super interesting. I want to, we're, we're kind of at the end of the show, so, and I want to be able to give out, why don't you do this, the, uh, the website for Alt Market and, and the um, subscription information for the newsletter. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Uh, my website, they can read my regular articles uh, at my website, which is alt-market.us. That's alt-market.us. And if you're interested in more sort of in-depth uh, discussions and information on the preparedness side of things or the, you know, even the rebellion side of things, uh, I write a newsletter called The Wild Bunch Dispatch. And if they go on my, my website, there will be a, a banner for The Wild Bunch Dispatch and they can get more information on how to get that newsletter. Yes, and I really would recommend that all of you um, go check it out. You know, we've been, we've, we touched on the most, you know, the highlights, but there is so much more that he writes about. And it really is, this is, this is life. We're talking about life and death or certainly the kind of life that you would like to lead and death um, if we don't fight back. And yes, this is a pivotal, a pivotal moment. So thank you so much, um, Brandon, for, for sharing all this information with us. Brand, again, Brandon Smith, um, Alt Market. And um, and thank you all for listening. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat. 